Hello, this is Bill Lytell, a little more wisdom for your walk. Hope you listen in on some of these. Some of these, I'll be honest with you, it has taken 25, 30, 40, almost 40 years to to ascertain, to learn out of the Bible through observation, reading, study, and seeking God's face. Obviously, none of these are new. If I come up with a new truth, probably it's not of God. These are old truths, just sometimes hidden below the surface uh, to the initial reader or the young reader. I want to talk to you about a subject I've meditated about Noah. I've meditated a lot about Noah. He was an interesting guy. He was called a preacher of righteousness. He received grace out of all the earth. Henry Morris, I believe at page 143 in his book on Genesis, says something if everybody had three children in the years from the flood, about 1,700 years from uh, the creation of the flood, and with, the, with the curse rolled back some, he felt there could have been up to 25 billion people, billion with a B, on the earth before the flood. Uh, because of the conducive environment, <clears throat> people living so long, etc. But whatever the case, there were a lot of folks because we know we got a lot of oil. The oil comes from the green plant life as well as um, uh, all the dinosaurs and all the animal life and human life that was thrown down about 14,000 feet under the surface of the earth right now. That's where they find a lot of the oil. And we know it's organic material under pressure. So they know from the oil there's been a lot of organic material put up under about 14, anywhere from 10 to 14,000 feet under the surface. How did it get there? Noah's flood explains it perfectly. But I want to talk to you about another subject that I heard. I've been a fundamental independent Baptist for, well, since I've been, I'm going to say, I started going to church. My mom and dad started taking me to church two years old. I got saved, made a profession of faith at five, rededicated my life at 12, and then really got real serious with God at 18 and began to serve him real seriously from today till I was from 18. That's about, I'm 69 now, so you can figure it out. Are we going to blame Noah for his lost generation? He lost his generation. I hear preaching sometimes, and I, and I appreciate the zeal for soul winning. I love soul winning. I want to be a soul winner. I've been a soul winner. I, I believe the Bible says go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I know Paul says uh, he, he planted Paul's water, but God gives the increase. I also realize the essence of all people getting saved is a Holy Spirit conviction. Uh, as he brings them to the understanding, takes the blindness of the devil away from them so that they can see the gospel. And he does that to every soul. I believe he, the Bible says he is the light in John chapter 1. He's the light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So I'm not a Calvinist. I don't have a drop of Calvinism in, in me. It's not Bible. The Bible says everybody's accountable for the deeds on their body, whether they be good or bad. Uh, we're not robots. We're not machines created to do a certain thing with a program. We are made in the image of God. We have volitional thinking. That means we have free will thinking. Nothing else has that but us. We have free will thinking, and we have uh, the will that we can send ourselves to hell by rejection of Jesus Christ, or we can we can promote ourselves to heaven by faith and repentance in His blood shed for us on Calvary. Believing he died, was buried, and rose again on the third day. Simple childlike faith, you can be saved. Promote yourself to heaven. 
But are we fundamental Bible believers and soul winners going to blame Noah for his lost generation? There was not enough soul winning going on. Maybe he didn't have a good bus ministry. Uh, something was wrong there. Why do I say that? Well, they would say only eight people were saved out of uh, about 100 years plus of preaching. So we know we at least 100 years from 500 years old, 600 years old, uh, when the flood came, he was told to build an ark. And so in that preaching, in that time, he preached not only by the building of the ark, which nobody had probably ever seen a boat. It hadn't rained at that time. So they hadn't seen it. They didn't know what it was. He was building this massive, massive ship, three stories high, you know, 450 feet long, 45 feet high, I believe 75 feet wide. Unbelievable. This massive ship out of wood. So he's building this thing out of wood with very little help. I mean, eight people saved. He's three son-in-laws and daughter-in-laws. He must have built it in the middle of a woods because he wouldn't want to haul the wood very far. He had to cut all those trees down, shape them. He had to find some pitch or tar pit somewhere pretty close because he covered the thing with tar from inside and outside. So he had to find trees closely. He had to find tar closely. He had to have a sawmill. It was knock your socks off. Probably, I believe, he had iron. I believe they had iron back then, contrary to popular opinion. They probably had nails and and riveting-type things, situations. Those people were way smarter than what we gave them credit. But we're not going to blame Noah, are we, for his lost generation? I mean, are we not going to put the weight of belief or unbelief on the individual? Because that's what the Bible does. The, the truth is presented from generation to generation, and the truth remains the same. Jesus Christ died for our sins according to scriptures. He was buried and rose again the third day according to scriptures. You believe it or don't believe it. Uh, you either repent and believe or, or, you, or you reject and, and harden your heart and are in disbelief. From generation to generation, different amounts, different percentages of each generation have believed. I've lived... Uh, consciously from the mid-50s to today, now I can tell you there was a lot of souls being saved to the preaching of the gospel in the 50s, 60s, 70s, yea, even into the 80s. Then it began to slow down. There began, we began to see things happen. People just, the next generations that came up, didn't seem like they were as willing to receive that. They were confused about a lot of different truths that were out there, falsehoods that were out there. They saw men of God fall, of course. They began to blame. The family began to fail. Divorce went up. There's a lot of reasons you may want to state. But whatever that happened is the rejection rate of the gospel rose. And I believe it's, it's at a peak today. I mean, yes, people are getting saved. But I can tell you they're not getting saved at Gospel Baptist Church like they were getting saved in the uh, 80s and 90s. In the 80s and 90s, we were seeing more people saved, more people baptized. We're doing the same thing we did in the 80s and 90s we're doing today. I've been in church 41 years. And I can tell you, we haven't slacked off on our soul winning. We haven't slacked off on our bus ministry. We haven't slacked off on our door-to-door. We have increased our passing out of gospel tracts. Our people are witnesses. They know how to give the gospel. But we are just not seeing the response to the gospel that we once did. 
And I know if you've only been saved 10 years, you can't know that. You've got to live long enough to see this. What I'm trying, that's what I'm putting out here for you today. So I hope this helps you some to understand that each generation receives the gospel differently. In the case of Noah, that is an extreme case where all these people and his preaching of they had rejected God. And according, I believe it's explained in Romans chapter 1, verse 18 and following, why they rejected God and how they rejected God, and then God rejected them. He, he caused them to be a fool. And they're, they're thinking of themselves to be wise, they became fools, and their foolish heart was darkened. And so what happens in a generation is God gives them an opportunity to believe. I mean, obviously, he testifies through creation. Everything out there is screaming that he exists. Then the presentation of the gospel and the Bible and if they continue to reject, I believe God in some way or another, after a while, he hardens their heart where they believe what they want to believe. And they become what I call the lost generation. The lost generation. There is such a thing. There was one in Noah's day. His almost entire generation was lost. Are we coming to that again? I don't know. The Bible says uh, before the time of the end in Thessalonians, there must be a falling away or an apostasy come before the time of the end. How do I know that? Jesus mentioned that as in the days of Noah, so also should the coming of the Son of Man be. So Jesus said if towards the end time before his coming, it's going to get like in Noah's day. What does that mean? Well, it simply means you've got a generation of people who are going to harden their heart towards the gospel, turn away from the truth of the gospel unto a, unto a lie, worship the creature more than they do the creator. They're going to worship evolution, the work of their own hands, their own inventions, their own personal progress and technology, rather than the God who made everything. Is that not happening before our very eyes? It sure is. It sure is. How close are we to the end? I don't know. But I can tell you, these are we are in some of the beginning of the end times before the rapture of the church and tribulation period and second coming of Christ. So, brother, look up. Be encouraged to continue to witness. This shouldn't slow us down a little bit. We should still be out there knocking on doors. We should still be out there passing tracks out. Man, we should still be after it. The rejection of it should not cause us to be discouraged, even though we're human and we understand that. We should be out after it, encouraged to do it, because we're a witness. The Bible says you can witness in two different ways. You can witness for people, that's when they hear the gospel and get saved, or it can be a testimony against them that someday when they stand before the great white throne judgment, they have been told about Jesus and have been warned. Ezekiel chapter 3, Ezekiel chapter 33 speak about that. You have to look that up on your own. Uh, but those are great passages for responsibility of, the, of us giving the gospel to them. But we're not responsible for their rejection. Don't you let anybody lay that on you. You didn't do this right, didn't do that right. You just keep preaching the old, old time test of King James Bible, and you let God work it out and settle it out. But be encouraged, lift your heads up, and keep preaching. Love you, appreciate you, and hope you help, help some in the wisdom of and for your walk.